This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome to another episode of the JRE Review. Today I am reviewing Joe Rogan's conversation with Rafinha Bastos in podcast 1243. Uh, Rafinha, yeah, I think that's how you say his name, uh, is a Brazilian comedian. And uh, what was interesting about him being on the show is during his conversation with Joe, he was really explaining that there was no stand-up comedy in Brazil, kind of like in the early 2000s and before. It just didn't exist. There was nothing like it. And he had an idea to do it after coming to college in the US and he was here on a basketball scholarship and decided to do stand up take it home got a group of people and uh that that's it 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 just became a thing after that thanks to this guy's help so really fascinating that a country even as recently as the 2000s, didn't have stand-up comedy. And this guy was able to kind of create a scene down there. And uh, and because of that, it, it needed to evolve and things needed to happen. And uh, there was problems and issues and lawsuits and you name it. And he gets into it all. So anyway, let's start the review. Welcome to the Joe Rogan Experience Review, where each week I review every single episode of the Joe Rogan Experience. What more do you want? So Brazilian stand-up is only about 16 years old, according to Rafinha, and um, that's not that old. You know, that really hasn't given a lot of comedians a chance to develop themselves. I mean, it, it, it takes time. You know, let's say it's it, let's say comedy there has only been going six years, then you get into it, and it's only been another ten. Maybe that's enough time somewhat to develop your voice. So you could imagine that there's starting to be a bit of a boom in stand-up comedy in Brazil now, uh, because enough time is starting to pass. But overall, that's not enough to kind of develop a whole feel. Like when you look at U.S. comedy and like what Joe's got to learn from, he's been able to see back. The comics from like the 50s and even before that see how they develop you know how things have changed you know Carlin Richard Pryor you name it all these different generations of comedy and he gets to jump on that but in a sense this guy from Brazil doesn't get that I mean I guess he he could see other comedians from different countries translate the comedy and then somehow make reference there but it doesn't really relate culturally i wouldn't have thought so he's had to work really hard for this and uh quite a pioneer so because of that though he's picked up some speed there in brazil he now owns a comedy club uh that holds about 300 people he says he sells out on the weekends three shows so he's doing well and i mean that's very impressive and he's done tv spots 
was able to do a movie and direct something. So his career has really done well. And he's been able to make a lot happen with uh, stand-up there. But it hasn't all been fun and games. He's had to learn a lot on the way. And Brazil doesn't have the same sort of First Amendment protection laws that we often take for granted in the U.S. And I say take for granted because often, you know, at least I, I don't even think about the fact that they exist and that you have the freedom to say certain things because you wouldn't even notice unless you're in a country that wouldn't allow it. So he's made a few jokes. He made one joke uh, about a woman, some celebrity who happened to be married to Ronaldo's manager, the, the soccer player, and uh, they got very upset. And he was suspended from his show. He ended up quitting and deciding not to apologize after they said they wanted an apology just because he felt like, look, I need to take a stand. You know, in a, in a sense, he's representing the beginning of comedians and what he does moving forward from each dispute is really going to set the bar for other comedians. So he didn't want to shy away too much. Thank God he was doing well because this has cost him hundreds of thousands of dollars in lawsuits. Uh, you know, but he's been in a position where he was able to fight those things and, and good for him for doing it. I think it adds credibility and I would imagine it's paved the way for other comedians in Brazil to to be brave enough to say what they need to. I mean, you need to have that freedom to kind of be loose and to play with ideas and to say some things. But sadly in Brazil, you know, you make fun of a celebrity or a politician, you can get sued. And it's a real big problem because those are some of the best areas to kind of make fun of in a lot of ways. I mean, there's certain things, you know, make fun of yourself, but then also make fun of your family and maybe just things that people can really relate to. Everyone knows celebrities and they also know politicians, so they should be open to a little bit of cannon fodder. Um, but in these countries that are not like America, uh, the the elites have too much power, I guess, and, and they can come, come down after you, which is, you know, it's a real shame. Um Rafinha has moved to the U.S. now full-time to do comedy. Uh, I've seen, I haven't seen him live, but I've seen some of his videos online. And uh, he does a very funny bit about being foreign and uh, not understanding what the N-word is. And he talks about it on Rogan's podcast, so, so listen out for that. But it's a very funny bit, and I'd seen it before, and he presents very well. So he's obviously got a lot of experience with stand-up and and I think that you know I haven't seen a lot more of his material here but his English is very good and he seems to be understanding um, how to set jokes out here and he's working hard to be a stand-up um, in the right area in the LA area so I've got a feeling this guy is going to take off and he's going to start to be doing really well in the comedy world so you know keep a lookout for him and he's had to sacrifice a lot like Sure, he's come here to live and work, but it, you know you don't get paid right away, even if you're a big deal down in Brazil. So he's got an agent and a manager. He is headlining some places, but I, you know, I don't know what money he'd be making. But luckily, he has some still from 
when he was down in Brazil and the work that he's done down there. But again, it's a huge sacrifice. Like he's he's left his son as well. And he, he talks about it on the podcast and it's quite heartfelt with Joe. And he's talking and saying that he had to explain to his son, you know, that he's leaving to go do comedy. And his son said, well, if I'm the most important thing, why are you leaving me? And he said, this is just something I have to do. And he even acknowledged that it's a very selfish thing in a sense, but he's so driven for it. But so much of stand-up and why it's so difficult is is that sacrifice anyway. You have to sacrifice some some things to be able to do it. And most people aren't able to or willing to. And, and you just, you can't do it without that. I mean, it's it's just that difficult to where you need to be all in. Um, some more things about him too, as he was talking, he was actually made, New York Times made him the most influential person on Twitter for a while. And he's not even sure why, but he had a big Twitter following down in Brazil. He mostly just makes jokes on there, but it just kind of goes to show his reach down there and his popularity, which is really pretty impressive. And, uh, and Joe was also saying that he can't think of another comedian that was brought up in a different country most of his life and then much later in life came to the U.S. and made it in comedy. So look out for this guy. He might be the first. So it's pretty exciting. Um, going back to the part of the conversation where they say comedians get in trouble for the things that they say, uh, Joe even loses a lot of revenue on YouTube, he was saying, due to demonetizing of his videos and he's not even sure you know why that is a lot of times but joe just says generally with his content he puts it out there and tries to be humble and then just kind of takes it walks away from it and and lets it go doesn't look at the comments anything like that if it gets a lot of negative blowback like the jack dorsey one where people felt like he didn't ask him a lot of questions he kind of adjusts but as a whole he walks away from it and kind of uh just gets done with it from there. And when he gets confused with it and needs some help, he brings in people that really know, you know, people that have good answers, like the podcast he had with Tim Pool recently. And Joe actually alluded to something in in the this conversation with uh, uh, Rafina. He was saying that he's going to be working with Tim Pool on a project, something, and it's going to blow people away. It could change the platform. I've got a sneaky feeling it's that app that he was talking about where he's going to have a subscription app. But maybe it's something else. I'm not sure. Maybe maybe Tim Pool has some other plan for like a fact-checking portion of, of uh, Joe's podcast. Or who knows? Maybe he'll like sit in on podcasts and help Joe with questions. Or I don't know. I can't imagine what they'd be up to. But... The way Joe said it's going to blow you away, it means that it's going to be a big change and it's going to be interesting to see where um, Joe's podcast goes, right? Uh, some kind of sad news towards the end of the podcast. Rafin has talks about his wife leaving him for a self-help cult. And uh, he said that basically the cult taught her to love everyone the same. So if that's the case, why focus your love just on one man? So he left because of that. I don't know how many kind of cults and things they have down in Brazil, but that sounds pretty messed up. Um, Joe says that those things are tricky because, um, you know, Joe says he's very careful, even with his reach, to let people know that he doesn't have the answers, right? And anyone telling you they do, you should be very aware, beware of those people. You should be very suspicious of them because 
Uh, usually they're just going to try and take your money or something like that. So it, it's kind of an interesting point, and it's a good way, really, for Joe to stay humble because he should never think, uh, you know, I, probably the power that he has through these podcasts, he needs to be careful about um, the, the kind of statements he makes about what he knows. And lastly, a cool thing, because obviously um, uh, Rafinha is, is working hard to uh, boost his comedy, here in LA, uh, Joe invited him to do some shows with him in the LA area in the upcoming days. So if you're in that area, if you're in California and you haven't seen Joe yet, come down and see when he's got this guy on and uh, support this guy because I think he's good. Check out the conversation. I really liked it. I think, like I said, that this guy uh, has done a lot for comedy in his country and he's doing it with the right kind of attitude. He seems like He seems like a really decent person. But anyway... Thanks a lot for listening, guys. Uh, We'll talk soon. Bye.